Amen. 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 I, I stand corrected. You're just a, a beautiful young man. I just looked upon you, uh, of, of your, um, your beauty and your handsomeness. So when you're hanging out with these other guys, you just know you're the best one in the bunch, okay? Amen. Amen. Mr. Marshall laughed on that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, here's the tithes and offering is here, uh, Sister Mark. All right, let's pray. Gracious God of Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you once again for uh, privilege and opportunity that you've allowed us to come and bring that to your storehouse, which has been given unto us. Now, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom. We pray, Father God, that you bless every giver, everyone that desire to give. And, Father God, we ask for a, um, a hundredfold blessing, God, far beyond that we can even comprehend or uh, uh, imagine in our uh, earthly minds. And, God, we ask right now and we know father god that satan has already been rebuked and so father god we thank you because he has no um uh, no rights uh to that which you have uh given um, back to us and god all that we have is dying so god we give that back to you which already belongs to you and we thank you lord god for how you allowed us to use it and use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom this we ask in your son jesus name amen and amen and amen amen once again we want to thank Thank the Lord for your presence. Uh, we're honored and we're blessed. Um, we're uh, looking forward to what God is going to be doing in, in the, the new year. We have a few minutes before we begin streaming live. So I do want to uh, share some things, <clears throat> some announcements uh, with us. I think uh, Dr. Bennett is going to be taking uh, the young men back in, in the back uh, in his office. And they're going to be uh, probably discussing whatever God puts on his heart. Uh, we're glad that uh, they are here this morning, amen. Uh, and we also have the, the, I call them the little people, but they're not little people. They are um, young men back in the back. They're operating the media in the back. So we are thankful and grateful for what they are doing. God is teaching them uh, about technology and how to spread that word around the world, amen. So we are, we are excited about that. We're very much excited about that. Um, we also, as he is, uh, as the youth come in, we are going to be doing some things with the youth this year, and we're also liking that uh, someone uh, will, all, uh, God will let you know if you're to be wanting to assist Dr. Manley with the youth. Uh, uh, hopefully and prayerfully, you'll be able to share uh, your stories that you have uh, in regards to uh, life. Amen. Because right now our young men need to know about life because right now what's happening uh, is a lot of crazy stuff going on. So we just basically need to make sure that uh, uh, we can impart some things unto them. Amen. So we would like to, like to have a volunteer that, that will uh, be with him with those young people as they're beginning to come in, especially those young men. And we also want to share that uh, uh, Minister Tom is uh, venturing out and he's going to begin a prison ministry. Amen. He's going to acknowledge, somebody clap their hands. Amen. Praise the Lord. He has uh, uh, acknowledged the fact that he desires to do uh, uh, prison ministry. So uh, once he uh, uh, get in touch with the right people and prayerfully that will be done this week. Uh, and then uh, once you start going in, I think it's going to start going into the jails first and then maybe to the other facilities after that. Uh, anyone that would desire to go in with him after he get things set up, you're more than welcome to, to be a part of that ministry. Amen.
So there's some things we're trying to move forward in, in this upcoming year. Amen. So we're, we're thankful and we're grateful for that. Um, of course, uh, um, we're looking forward to once again sending uh, on Kentucky another uh, tractor-trailer load of uh, food and supplies. Uh, uh, there's so much devastation that's around the world that's going on. Uh, we can only help whom God has uh, spoken to us uh, to help. We, we are led by the Lord. Amen. And so uh, they're very thankful. I, I didn't get to share this last Sunday, but um, it was over 6,000 people. I think she said 6,300 people that were serviced through other ministries and the things that the Lord allowed House of Destiny to do there in Kentucky. So let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. For what he is doing around the world. Amen. So we're, we're thankful. And uh, also we'd like to acknowledge too that Chair Deacon, hopefully he will be back by the 17th. We're believing the Lord for that. He's there getting a little education on driving that truck. Um, so hopefully he'll, he will be back by then. And now we're looking to do the ordination of our, uh, deacons and deaconesses. And, um, Sister Annie, if you would, I need for you to, uh, write the names, uh, of, of each one. It'll be, uh, Laverne Johnson. It will be, um, Brother James and Sister Monica Fernandez, uh, Fernandez. Fernandez, and it would be Sean and Esther Carter. Please write those names down and give them to Dr. Manley so we can get the uh, certificates and certifications ready. Uh, so when that time comes, hopefully it's going to be that third Sunday. If not, it will be the, the following week when Chair D can get back. We'd like for the chairman to be present. So we want to make sure uh, that's done. Amen. And so we're thankful and we're grateful. We're grateful uh, how the Lord helped the praise team. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap for praise. Amen. Amen, amen. When your when your leader is out, you know one that does your leading, it kind of kind of boosts you along. But God lets us know that we have to begin to depend on Him. Amen, amen. So we're thankful. We're thankful for what God is doing and how He's raising up. So uh, please, ma'am, and please, sir, uh, uh, consider the uh, uh, the announcements that we have shared. Uh, we're getting ready now to go into our streaming live and. Uh, I want to say this too, um, because of what we see uh, is not all that uh, the Lord has allowed us to do. Uh, the word, the streaming live, it feeds into what we call uh, sermon.net, where it's, it's a, it's a uh, broadcast, and that populates into iTunes. And um, so we've got people all over that's watching the sermons and, and the message, so we want to make sure that we do our best. We conduct ourselves the way the Lord wants us to, to be conducted. And once again, we say, I thank God for all of you. I want to say that. I thank God for all of you. And uh, continue, continue to give, put your best foot forward for the Lord. Amen. Because it's, it's all about Him. It's, it's not about us, but it is all about Him. At this time, we're going to, to get ready uh, for our uh, broadcast this morning. Uh, audio, video. Five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. We are live. Lighting, make sure our lighting is, is on. Amen. So we're thinking we praise the Lord. Amen. For, for what he is doing, uh, once again in, in the ministry. Amen. Um, 
we're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter number 22. Uh, it's where we're going to uh, begin uh, today. Uh, Genesis chapter number 22. <clears throat> we are preparing. We'd like to say too that on, on Wednesday night, uh, Minister Tom brought an awesome word uh, to us on Wednesday night. This upcoming Wednesday night, Minister Marcelet will be sharing with us in the beginning of the uh, um, uh, ministry's training and Bible study. So we invite you to come at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're here for one hour. So we invite you to come and be a part of that. Amen. God is uh, uh, is um, teaching his people. He's raising up his, ministry, his ministers in the word. And uh, we were blessed by what God is doing in them and through them. Genesis chapter number 22 is where our text is going to come from today. We've been talking about um, the blessings of Abraham. Now, understanding about the blessings of Abraham has been passed on to the body of Christ. We are the seed of Christ. We're the seed of Abraham. And those blessings have been passed on to us. But the problem with the body of Christ is that we have not yet received the things that the Lord has uh, passed down to us. So we're going to revisit the blessings of Abraham to know what God has uh, uh, given us through Abraham. Amen. And uh, he said to us in, in the latter part of 2015 that in this year, in this year, that he was going to bring forth new revelations. And, and we've been seeing that through our ministers. Uh, he says that uh, he was going to uh, use us uh, uh, not only in bringing forth revelations, but giving us wisdom and knowledge. And, and uh, we will be the repair, repairers of the breach. We're going to be restorers of the, of the path, and that's that old path, because now when it comes down to the gospel, it seems like the gospel has been watered down with a lot of other things that's been happening. But here we want to continue and know that in the body that God is going to do great and mighty things this year for the, for the body of Christ. And we just have to set ourselves in position. Uh, we're not ignorant to the fact that... Uh, there's not going to be difficulties, and there's going to be trials, and there's going to be tribulations. Uh, these things are going to be. But God has uh, also told us in his word, we are to set our affections on things above and not on the earth. And see, as long as we can, uh, Satan can keep us uh, 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 earthbound, then we won't be able to, to flow the way the Lord wants us to flow in the realm of the spirit. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter number 2 and see what God is revealing here in Genesis chapter number 22. We're talking about this morning fresh revelations and renewed strength. Fresh revelations and renewed strength. Starting with the book of uh, Genesis chapter number 22. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass... After these things that God did tempt Abraham, and he said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Verse 2 says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering Upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So we, we understand in, in the previous chapter, Abraham had gone through some things and uh, he had uh, taken a, 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 a detour 
from the journey that God had called him to. And he found himself uh, in the land of Egypt. But he was there with this man called Amalek. And, and many things had began to happen. And so now they had to begin to war against uh, water rights. But what happened here, now God calls him out. God sets him free. God delivers him from the bad decision that he had taken upon himself. Now, in Genesis chapter number 22, it says, And it came to pass after these things. Now, the word Isaac there means laughter. Now, what's happening, God says this. He says, laughter will bring joy. One of the things that God will ask of us in this upcoming year, that very thing that you're going to birth, or birthing, that, that brings you joy, God says, I'm going to ask for you to offer it up to me. In other words, he says, I'm going to see, can you really give it up to have it all? Are you willing to give back to God what really is his and in order to receive what God has for you? So here he says to him, he says, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call for you to offer up that very thing that I've given to you. That's where the promise is. You see, God made some promises to the body of Christ. And what's going to happen is when he's going to ask you to give up that thing that you love the most. And if you love it more than you love God, then you're going to lose those promises. But watch where he tells him to go. And he talks about Isaac. He talks about laughter. He talks about the, the joy that, that the promise that's going to bring each one of you. Then he tells him to take it to the land of Moriah. Now, Moriah, that word Moriah means that Mount Moriah. It means the bitterness of God. Now, he says to him, I want you to go to this land called Moriah. Go to this land that, that's, that's bitter, the bitterness of God. But what is it about the land of Moriah that God is sending him to? Why this particular mountain? Why this particular place? So let's look at Second uh, Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter number 3. Second Chronicles. And we want to see about this land of Moriah. Second Chronicles chapter number 3. Second Chronicles chapter number 3. You want to keep your, keep your hands there with... Um, Genesis uh, chapter number 22, because we're coming back there. But let's deal with uh, the land of Mount Moriah, the bitterness of God. This is where he tells him to go. So what is he going to learn there? What are these fresh revelations that he's going to get from traveling to the land of Mount Moriah? Okay. Now, Second Chronicles, are we there in Old Testament? Second Chronicles chapter number 3, looking at verse number 1. Second Chronicles Chapter number three. We're talking about fresh revelations and renewed strength. So in the land of Moriah, the, um, uh, verse number one, chapter number three, this is the same place that something else takes place. Verse one says, then Solomon, Solomon means peace, but it also uh, refers to the wisdom of God. So it says, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah. Same place now. God is calling Abraham to offer up the, the promise. Because the promise was going to come through uh, the, the seed of Isaac. Okay. So he, he's, this is the same place. Mount Moriah. He said now he said Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah. Where the Lord appeared unto David his father. 
in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan and Jebusite. Now, what is what is the Lord saying? Now, God had said to, to, to Abraham, now, I want you to take that which I promised you, that thing that give you joy, I want you to take it to, to Mount Moriah there, and I want you to sacrifice it. But the key thing also there, and this is the same place where Solomon is building the temple of God, the exact same place. So Solomon means wisdom. So what did, what did God really reveal to Abraham besides the bitterness? What God shows to Abraham through Solomon, because it is the very exact same place. He said, what, I want, what I'm doing now is I'm going to show you through wisdom how to build the temple of God. Now, when you talk about building the temple of God, we're not talking about an Ephesus. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about building the temple of God. So what God showed him was how to for us to build the temple of God, how to build Christ on the inside of us. So he reveals that to him. He, he said, I'm going to take you back to the same place for wisdom. You've got to have wisdom in order to be able to build the temple of God, in order to know what God is saying and how we're supposed to build this structure. Because, see, we are the temple of God. And, see, because we are the temple of God, we got to make sure we build it right. Because if the foundation is wrong, then no matter what we build on it, then it's going to be incorrect. You know, it, it won't stand. So, so he said, I'm going to give a body, I'm going to give a body of Christ the wisdom how to build the temple. See, sometimes we think, oh, it's so difficult to live right, right? Well, we feel like, okay, it's, it's so hard to do that. But God says the reason why it becomes difficult is because we, we like to straddle the fence. So in other words, we like to live in the world today, and tomorrow we like to live somewhere else to call Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But God said, I'm going to show you how to build through wisdom, through knowledge, through Solomon, and it's going to be in a time of peace. You know, this morning God showed me something, and I said, and I, I, I got to chewing on it, but I said, God, I know it's got to be something else there. I, I begin to meditate, and I begin to think about how in the Old Testament, it was always battles. It was always war. It was always a physical war. When you think about the Old Testament you know, of the Bible, you really meditate on that. All they did was they had war. I mean, it was one battle after another battle after another battle. But when you come over to the New Testament, you're not having all these physical battles anymore. It's, then it becomes a spiritual battle. See, back in the Old Testament, it was physical battles. But now God says, what I'm going to introduce you to is how to win these spiritual battles that we're, we're encountering. Because he said there is a hidden enemy that we don't even pay any attention to. There is a hidden, hidden enemy, and his name is Satan. So God said, I'm going to give you the wisdom how to whoop the devil. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I don't know how many folk have been wore out by Satan. Amen. And, you know, thank you, amen. But God said, you will, at this season, in this hour, in this time, we are going to begin to put him on the run instead of him putting us on the run. Amen. But he's going to give us wisdom how to do that. He's going to give us the wisdom. And one of the things that the Lord revealed to us this morning was one of the things that, that the body of Christ now is so absent in is prayer. Our greatest weapon that we have against Satan is prayer. And that is the least thing that the body of Christ does. 
the, the, it's, it's, it's lacking in the it's, it's like it's irrelevant now. But it is the most powerful weapon that we have. See, when, when, when oh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so, so now he talks about, I'm, I'm going to give you that, 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 that understanding. I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to give you the revelation. How to build the, the, the structure of the temple so whenever the enemy comes up against you, you will know what to pull out of your reservoir, what, what word of God to use against Satan. See, Satan don't care nothing about our rhetoric. Amen. But he is afraid of the word of God. Amen. That's why this is a word church. Amen. Because if you know what the word of God says, there is no way the enemy can overpower us the way that he does. We've got to begin to use the word of God against Satan. Amen. And then let's look at the next place about Mount Moriah. What's significant about it? First, knowledge, wisdom is there. Now, the latter part of verse 1 in chapter number 3, it talks about the Lord also appeared to David at the same place. David, his father, Solomon's father, he appears to him in that same place. He says, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Now, let's go to 2 Samuel and let's see what happened there with David. 2 Samuel chapter number 24 is what we want to look at. 2 Samuel Chapter number 24, 2 Samuel. Are we there? 2 Samuel. Because it's, it's very important that we understand why the Mount Moriah, what, what the significance of it. Amen? So now it's the same place he has taken David. David means the, the beloved. All right, 2 Samuel chapter number 24. 2 Samuel chapter number 24. Are we there? Amen. Now, verse, I'm going to read verse 1 in, in 2 Samuel chapter number 24. And verse 1 says, And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Do what? Are we there? Go number Israel and Judah. When you start counting the numbers. He started counting the numbers, and it upset God. The Bible says in verse 1, And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. And, and another part of, uh, of the Old Testament, it talks about how it says Satan had moved him to, to begin to count the numbers, how many people, how many followers he had. Now, th that's the danger in... in uh, Counting how many folk you got. Amen. And that's the danger because, see, God gets upset about that. Amen. Now, watch what happens when we go outside the will of God. See, the Bible says God adds and God takes away. So, it, he says he plants and those that's not supposed to be planted, the word of God says he will uproot those that's not supposed to be where he wants them to be. Amen. So, watch what happens when we do things outside of God's will. Now, going down to verse number 13, okay? Now, David has been warned. He's been warned not to do this. You know, even though he, he, he disregards what, what, what the prophet had came to him, the prophet Gad had came to him and told him, so you don't want to do this, man. You know how it is sometimes when, when God sends us a messenger and tell us do not do this, and we go on anyway, and then we have to receive the wrath of God. On Wednesday night, uh, 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 Dr. Manley shared about a dream that he had. And he said the dream was where he was running in darkness. And as he was running in darkness, the sky opened up. 
And when it, when it opened up, there was this bright light that began to shine down into the darkness. Now, the thing is, he says in, in his spirit that the Lord was saying that the wrath of God is, is about to be released. That's why it's so important when we're in the will of God. You see, remember that I said he was, he was running in darkness, but the light came. See, that light and it represented the wrath of God that's going to come against uh, those that's operating outside the will of God. Amen. And sometimes God's people do operate outside the will. Now, let's see what happens when we op operate outside the will. And then you're going to see not only the wisdom of the Father, which is David the beloved, but you're also going to see the wisdom that was passed on to Solomon. Amen. Now, in verse number 13, 2 Samuel chapter number 24. 13 says, so Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, shall seven years of famine come unto thee in thy land? Then he goes on and say, or will thou flee three months before thine enemy while they pursue thee, or that there be three days pestilence in the land? Now advise and see what answer I shall return to him that sent me. Now, if you read verse number 12, it says, Go, and this is the Lord speaking. He says, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them that I may do it unto thee. Now watch what God says. And watch the wisdom. See, when I said God will give us wisdom to build the structure of the house. Now, watch, watch the wisdom. Watch what's happening here. The first thing he says to him, he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'll give you seven years of famine coming to thee in thy land. Seven years of famine, seven years of drought, seven years of lacking, okay? Seven years. Then he says, or, this is your next option. He said, or you can flee from your enemy for three months. Be on the run from Satan for three months, Okay? That's another thing. Then the last thing he says, he says, there are that there be three days of pestilence in thy land. So, so the plagues, disease. You know, when we look around, we wonder what kind of plague is really going on here and all over the world. Because the, the, when we look at creation, it looks like it is out of control. Nature. But God, God is in, in control of all that. He knows. He's trying to get mankind back to what mankind needs to be. That is at the feet of Jesus. Now let's look at the wisdom. It says in verse 14. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. In other words, he's in a tough place. <laughs> he's, in, he's in a rough place. He said, now listen. Either I can have seven years of, of famine. Or I can have uh, three months running from my enemy. Or I can have three days of pestilence. So what, well, look at what he says. He says in verse 14, he says, Let us fall now into the hand of the Lord. For his what? Mercies are great. He knew how to use the mercies of God. He understood about the mercies of God. You know, I was reading... I was reading this book, uh, and, and God's will, we're going to show uh, uh, War Room. We're going we're to have it here. We're going we're to show the movie here. And I, I was reading the book, and it, it, it was talking about the, the, the grace of God, a conversation between uh, uh, Miss Clara and, and Elizabeth. And, as, and, and the conversation, uh, what really got me, and it struck me the heart, it was this. When she began to speak about some things of, that was going on in her personal life, then what happens, Miss Clara asked her about grace. 
She was saying that, that, that she could not understand the grace of God when it came down to situations in her own personal life. So then Ms. Clara says to her, she says, well, what about the grace that God has given you? Said, do, 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 are you the only one that deserves grace? Or do that other person deserves grace too? And I had to take a step back. And I found myself being convicted. Because what's happening, God says, if you deserve grace, then the other person deserves grace too. And so when, you, when, we really think about, when we really think about how we perceive and how we look at life and, and the things uh, uh, that God saves and, and the things that, that people do, then we, we want to be, uh, uh, what is it, a uh, uh, judge, jury, and executioner. But, but what happened, she says to her, she said, now, what about the grace you're receiving? Do you not think you deserve grace? Are, are you doing everything right? Well, she talked about grace. Now, here David knew about the mercies. David knew how to, to get in touch with God. He, he Look at what the word of God says. He says, uh, let us fall now into the hands of the Lord. For his, he knew about the mercies of God. He says, his mercies are great. And then he says this. Now, he wasn't stupid now. He says this in the latter part of verse 14. He said, let me not fall into the hands of who? Of man. I wonder why. I wonder why David said that. I wonder why he said, let me fall in the hands of the Lord. <laughs> Am I saying? Don't let me fall in the hands of man. Because he know man will wipe him out. He know man will kill him. So, so God says, I'm going to give you that wisdom. I'm going to give you that revelation how to build a structure. Because see, he, he, understand, he understood the mercies of God. We've got to learn to understand the mercies of God. David is the most messed up man I've seen in this Bible. If we want to really look and dive into the word of God, David had some issues. But you know what? In the midst of David's issues, what's amazing, he knew how to get to God. I mean, this is what we got to learn at the body of Christ. We got to understand the mercies of God. I mean, how in the world can, 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 can you, you have a man killed, you take his wife, you, 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 you create a lie, you put him on the front line, and then God still use him? Now think about that. Think about our hero David. That, I mean, think about it. He took, I mean, he committed adultery. Back in those days, you're supposed to have been stoned for committing adultery. But he escaped adultery. He didn't get stoned. What happened? He fell on the mercies of God. What did he say? He said, God created me a, 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 a clean heart. And, and, you know, and renew a right spirit. He knew how to pray. He knew how to pray. He knew how to get. He knew how to pull on God's heart. He knew what to do. But he also knew, don't let, don't let me fall in the hands of man. Because if I fall in the hands of man, I'm done forever. Amen. I'm done. So in verse 15, he says, so the watch, because he knew how to get to God's heart. Verse 15 says, so the Lord set a pestilence upon Israel from the morning even until the time appointed. And there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. God sent a pestilence. 70,000 people was destroyed, was killed. Now, verse 16 says, And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord did what? The Lord repented him of the evil 
and and said to the angel that destroyed the people, it is enough. He knew how to 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 plead to God to the point wherein God 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 saw so much wrath he had put on him. God said, back up and said, wait a minute, it's enough. Don't 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 do no more. He didn't had enough. He goes on and says, he says, and said to the angel that destroyed the people, it is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Arnon the Jebusite. Now, looking at verse number 25 in that same chapter. So what are you saying, God, in Mount Moriah? What, what are you saying about this place? Not only is it a place of wisdom, but what else are you saying? Look at verse number 25. 25 says, and, and David built there an altar. A place, an altar is a place of exchange unto the Lord. And he offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. So in this place of Mount Moriah, it's a place of repentance. It's a place where you, you, you pull on the heart of God. It's a place when you acknowledge your wrong and you put, and you would put your life, you surrender your life and you put it in the hands of the Lord. So God takes Abraham there. He reveals to him, this is a place where I'm going to give you revelation. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm going to teach you how to build the temple. I'm going to teach you how to, to call on me and know the mercies of God. I'm going to teach you repentance. This is a place where David knew how to, to, how to get to God. See, right now we really don't know how to get to God. See, in order to really know how to get to God and ch- change some things, look at the world. If, we, if the body of Christ really knew how to get to God, God would have been changed his mind by now. There's so many things happening in this world. But the thing is, you can't tell the world from the church. Amen. I got one amen. Amen. You know, we, 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 somehow or another, we kind of uh, um, blend in. You know what I'm saying? We blend it in. And you can, we are a unique people, what God says. We are a peculiar people. And because we are peculiar people, then God says, then something about us it should, should make a difference. When you walk into the room, the whole atmosphere should change. Somebody said, whoa, me? Yes. When we're filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with, with God and, and when we've been in touch with God, not just on Sunday or on Wednesday, but all through the week, when we've been in the presence of God, when you walk into the room, something about your aura, something about your demeanor will change the whole atmosphere. Amen. Yes, it will. It will. It will. But see, the thing is, we got to get there. Amen. Amen. We can't, we can't blend in with the words what God is saying. Amen. We can't blend in. Can't do that. Yeah. We, we, we have to stand apart. Amen. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter number 22. Let's go back to Genesis 22. What else is God revealing in, in, in uh, fresh revelations and, and renewed strength? What is, what else is God showing? Because it's more to chapter number 22 in Genesis than, than Abraham going to sacrifice Isaac. It's more, it's more than that. It's a whole lot deeper than that. Amen. See, God is revealing things. Now, um, verse number three says in Genesis chapter number 22, it says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood of the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto a place of which God had told him. A place where God had told him. 
Verse 4 says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Hmm. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide ye here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder to worship. Okay. Now, the next thing God is revealing to him, he's revealing to him about worship. He's revealing to him about worship. The reason why he leaves, he leaves those other two people, the other two behind, uh, left them up behind him, and he, and he says, he and the lad will go yonder to worship. Now, it's because in worship, you can't have no distractions. In worship, you can't have no distractions. Because in worship, you're trying to get somewhere. See, and, 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 and in worship, when we're in worship, what happens, there comes a spiritual prophecy in worship. A spiritual prophecy is revealed in worship. Now, well, how did you get that? Well, let's see. Let's, let's see here. Uh, in spiritual prophecy and worship. That's why you can't have any distractions. See, you've got to leave everything that's behind you that's going to keep you from receiving the things that God wants to reveal to you. See, this year is going to be a year of, 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 of uncovering. A year of revelation. And so there are some things you got to set aside. You got to put some things aside. You got to put some people aside because they can be a distraction to where you are going. Amen. Or where God is calling you to. Amen. Now, so he's going to worship now. Isn't that ironic? He, he's saying that you've been told to take that that ministry or that which God has birthed in you that brings you joy. You take it, you're going to put it on the altar, and it's, it's a place of exchange. You're going to put it there, but then you're going to come with the mindset, you're going to worship. So worship is nothing but a sacrifice. A lot of times we don't like to sacrifice no time for God. But the thing is, if we come to understand, if we make that sacrifice to worship, to get in the presence of God, he will reveal spiritual prophecies. Amen? Now, looking at verse number 22, verse number 12 in uh, Genesis chapter number 22. Now, verse number 12 says, uh, verse, let me read verse 11. Verse 11 says, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. In other words, don't touch him. For now I know that thou feared God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. God wants to see will you give back what he's given to you. That thing that you love the most. That thing he's allowed you to birth. God's going to say, I want to see where you give it back to me. He says, it's mine anyway. I just gave it to you, to use, to operate in, okay? So then we drop down, and let's look at verse number 13, because we're going to talk about, talk about this spiritual prophecy that comes forth out of worship. Verse 13 says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes. That means you got to move from one level to another. Anytime you lift your eyes to something, that means you're, you're on a higher plane. So, so we've got to learn to, to elevate our mind to be able to receive the things what God has to show us and reveal to us. So he lifted up his eyes, he looked, and behold, uh, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up 
for a burnt offering in the, instead of his son. Now, when his son asked him about where was the sacrifice, Abraham tells him, he said, oh, the Lord's going to provide a lamb. Well, God didn't provide the lamb. God provided a ram. But he's caught in the thicket. He's caught in the thicket by the horns. Now, where is the spiritual prophecy in it? What is he really seeing when he sees the ram in the thicket of the bush? Now, let's go to Hebrew chapter chapter number 11. I think Hebrew 11. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. What is he, what is he really seeing? What is he seeing? What did God reveal to him? What did he reveal to him? What did he reveal to Abraham through that ram that's caught in the thicket by the horn? What did he reveal? Hebrews chapter number 11. Now we're there. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Beginning at verse number 17. Now we're there. Now 17 says, By faith Abraham... When he was tried, we all will be tried in this season. But our response to the trial makes all the difference in the world. Okay? He says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac, that thing that brought him joy, that promise. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18 says, of whom... It was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 19 says, accounting, that word accounting there means he's taking an inventory. He's taking an inventory. He's accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From whence also he received him in a what? What's that word? He received him in a figure. We're there in Revelations, uh, I mean, Hebrew 11, verse number 19. He says, accounting, taking inventory uh, of what God was that able to raise his son up. He says, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He received him in a figure. Here's the spiritual prophecy. He said he received him in a figure. But what's a figure? A figure is the outline of something. So what was he really showing Abraham during this time of worship? He was showing him the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That figure. The figure is an outline of something. Well, how you get that? Okay. Let's show you what else the Lord showed me. Let's go to the book of St. John. We're almost done because we're talking about, we're talking about uh, worship. The spiritual revelation that comes from worship and what God reveals. St. John chapter number 8. St. John chapter number 8. St. John chapter number 8. See, that's why worship is so important. That's why getting into worship, because you never know what God is going to reveal. See, God reveals to him the death, burial, and resurrection. It was a figure. It was an outline of something. Uh, whenever you think about a figure, it's an outline you know, uh, 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 of what, what, what there is. Now, St. John chapter number 8. Are we there? Looking at verse number 56. Because see, Jesus, he's, he's having a conversation here with, with these old crazy uh, 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 Sadducees and Pharisees, okay? Now, in verse uh, uh, 56, it says, Your father Abraham rejoiced 
to see my day. Now Christ is speaking. But he's saying that he's saying to these people that says that, that Abraham was their father. He says to them, he says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he did what? And he saw it. And was what? Glad. So what he what, what God revealed to Abraham through that 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 land that ram that's in, in, uh, that was caught in the thicket, he was revealing to Abraham uh, his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Because see, they go on to say, oh, look at verse number seven. They say, then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And then he goes on to say, Jesus says unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. So God had revealed himself through, through Christ. He had revealed Christ to Abraham during that time to worship. That a spiritual prophecy. So he reveals Christ to him in worship. Now let's go back to Genesis. Go back to Genesis 22. And we're almost done. Let's go back to Genesis 22. Because see, there's a lot of things here in, in, in Genesis chapter number 22. Remember now what's happening in, in worship. In worship, he sees, he's revealed something uh, 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 poetic. The, there's a prophecy being revealed. The death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Because he did not allow him to, to sacrifice Isaac. Now, in Genesis chapter number 22, reading in verse number 14. 14 says, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah, Je Jehovah Jireh, which as it is said of this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. That means God will provide. So, so in, in, in this season that we're in, regardless of what you see, regardless of what famine that may come our way, regardless of that, you have to remember because of the blessings that's coming through to the seed of Abraham that we're to receive as well as our children. God says, I'm going to provide your every need. I'm going to provide for you. It may look like it's not going to happen. Don't worry about what's in somebody else's cupboard. Because when you, if you take the opportunity and you look in your own, you're more blessed than what you realize. Far more blessed than what you realize. The people that you think that, that, really has it going on. There are other people out in the body of Christ that is going through some severe testing and severe suffering. It's cold out there. And there are some people that's without heat. But God says this, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. So he said, I'm going to provide. He said, you don't have to worry about it. He said, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide. God, he, Abraham, he trusted God. When you trust God and not man, you got to trust God, then God will provide. Now, look what he says here. He said, and verse 15 says, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou have done this thing, because you have obeyed God, and have not withheld thy son. See, that son there means the builder. That builder, he says, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Because thou hast obeyed my voice and not, have not withheld my son, thine only son. Now watch what happens also in uh, fresh revelation and renewed strength. Looking at verse number 17, it says that in blessing, I will bless thee. 
And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is upon the seashores. And watch this. And thy seed shall possess the gates of who? The enemies, of his enemies. The seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. You got more authority at the body of Christ than what we realize. Let's go to Matthew, which is the last verse. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 16. Talking about possessing the gates of the enemy. What else did God allow Abraham to see? And all and up on Mount Moriah, you know, he, he reveals to him the the, the, uh, the spiritual prophecy. He he reveals to him the wisdom and, and the knowledge. But now he's showing him something else. Uh, Matthew chapter number sixteen. He says you're going to possess the gates of his enemy. He's foretelling. He's for. He's seeing into the future. Amen. That's what's happening now. Matthew chapter number sixteen, verse number eighteen. Very familiar. Okay. But you know what? Abraham saw this even before it even came to pass. Now, verse 18 says, And I say unto thee, that thou art who? Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. You remember, you remember now? You remember that in the, in the scripture? It talks about how you're going to possess the gates of the enemy. See, he had already seen that, that, that the church was going to possess the gates of, the en- of his enemy through Jesus Christ. God revealed that. You see, now he's saying uh, upon, upon this rock, and he's talking to Peter. He's not talking about Peter per se. He's saying the church. Uh, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, this rock is talking about the church. I will build my church and the gates of hell. I don't care what Satan does. He cannot prevail. He can be as much of a battering ram. I mean, I begin to search out that, 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 that ram. I want to know about the ram. I understood that, that rams was offered up uh, uh, during the time as well as lambs. But I also saw where when it came down to the idol worship, when it came down to, to Baal, they used rams to offer up to idol gods. So, but now he's caught by the thicket. He's caught by the horns. He's, he's caught by his authority. That's why what we're seeing is really the works of Satan. Because, see, Christ has already over, overpowered him. So, all, we, well, all we're feeling are the residue of the works of Satan. So, he's saying to us, he said, now the very, I don't care how much hell come up against you. He said, it can't prevail is what the word says. Hell cannot prevail against the body of Christ. Hell cannot prevail against the church. It, it can fight us, but it can't prevail. That's why the word of God says, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Why? Because it's already been shown. It's already, it has already been written. It cannot prevail. I don't care who come up against you. I don't care Satan and all his imps and all his demonic forces. They cannot prevail. Why? Because Jesus Christ has already said so, and it's written in the book. I mean, he said, you can't, you can't, hell cannot prevail. We said, oh, I'm, I'm just going through hell. No, you're not. You're not going through hell. Why? Because hell can't prevail against you. So you can't go through something that can't prevail against you. Think about it. Think about it. It can't, it can't. 
because it's already been recorded. It cannot prevail. So that's, a, that's one of those uh, uh, sayings that we need to give back to the world. Because that's where we got it from. I'm going through hell. Well, honey, if you were going through hell, you'd been in it. Because you ain't going to be passing through hell. Once you get there, you there. <laughs> ain't no passing through that. Oh, no, no. Ain't no passing through. No. Think about, see, we need to learn to think about the sayings, the slogans that we're repeating. Yeah, because those things don't make any sense. Now, look at this. Look at verse 19. 19 says, watch what he's given us. See, he's, he's showing all this to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22. See, that's what worship will, 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 will do. Worship will begin to show you some things. And verse 19 says, and I will give unto thee. The, the word thee means he's going to give it to the church, to the body of Christ. And I will give unto thee, the church, the body of Christ, the keys of the kingdom of hell. You got some keys. You got some, the same way you got, anybody got, anybody got keys? Anybody, reach and get your keys. Raise it, raise it, get your keys. Get your, get your keys. Raise them up. Raise up your keys. Anybody got keys? Well, I don't care what's your house key. I don't care what's your car key. Whatever key. Get your keys out. 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 You got some keys. Okay. Now you know that those keys, either they go into your house or they go into your car. But whose, whose hands are those keys in? They're in your hands, right? It's the same way God has given us those same kind of keys uh, against hell. I mean, the word of God said, and I will give unto thee the key. You've got the keys of the kingdom. You've got keys to unlock the kingdom. The kingdom is on the inside of you. You got the keys to unlock everything that God has for your life. You are in control. You are in control. Nobody else is in control. You are in control. Because why? God already given you the keys. So whatever God has called for you to do, unless you take them keys, and if, you, if your car door is locked, if you don't take those keys and unlock your car door or your house, you'll never get in, right? It's the same way. He said, I didn't give you the keys to the kingdom. What you waiting on? What you waiting on? You got keys. You know what God said? I have given you access. Access to, to open up everything that God has planted on the inside of you. And you know the biggest problem? Doubt. We, think, we, we, we as a people, and especially being the body of Christ, we think that we, not me. Who am I? Well, God didn't give you access. Use your keys. Use your keys in your home. Use your keys over your children. You, and then the, the one thing God says, he says, in the midst of counsel, godly counsel, dwell safety. Got to have counsel. Don't act on your own. That's part of those keys. Just you got to have some access. You got it. Take them keys. Take control of your life. Take control of your home. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just so just so excited about it. You know what God says, the way you're going to beat the enemy in, in this new season? He said, the way you win, and I've said it before, the way you win this, in this upcoming season is what you didn't do last season. What you didn't let do last season was getting down on your knees because the war is on your knees. You fight on your knees. You don't fight with this here. You fight on your knees. Because the word of God says, what you do in secret, he's going to reward you openly. If you get in your prayer closet and get on your knees, you will see some changes taking place in your life. So God says, in this season also, it's a time of shut up and a time to begin to pray. So, so take them keys. Take them keys and use them. 
Use them because so many of you all have gifts on the inside that's lying dormant. Not being used. Not being used. But God said it's in you. In you. Access. What is, go down and go in there and begin to play in the kingdom and see what's there. Because if you start operating in the kingdom and, and go off in the kingdom, because the word of God tells us the kingdom is within us, we just might run up on the king. So what happens if you run up on the king? Who? Majestic. Power and glory. All that's in yeah, where the king is. See, that, that's where we want to be. Power is his. I mean, uh, the majesticness is his. All that is his. We've got access. We've got keys. He says it in the word. I will give unto thee. That's a promise. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And watch this. And whatsoever thou, not your neighbor, whatsoever thou shall bind where? On earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt do what? Loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So what, what we're binding and loosing what's on earth. Not binding and loosing what's in heaven. He says, you go, the first, in other words, the first thing starts with you. You got to start binding some stuff in the name of Jesus. And don't just let it be words. But no, see, the way you know is when you get into worship and God begins to reveal the essence and the power that you have, you can begin to bind and loose those things on earth that's running around, you know, the little ant that's running around that little, one lady said the other day, she said, it's like a mosquito. It drives you crazy. There's always there. I mean, something always whispering right there. So no, begin to bind them things that, that causes all those difficulties. Amen. So that's the revelation that God is bringing. That's, that's the renew. Because see, once he did all that, Abraham at that point, then he and his son go back to worship. Then you want to give God praise. And then you want to give God glory. Amen. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 That renewed revelation. Renewed revelation. Renewed strength. That's what God's got for this year. You know, go go to, find you a Mount Moriah. Go to, your, go to a place called Mount Moriah. Build you a Mount Moriah in your home. A place where you can get on your knees in war. Remember now, it's spiritual warfare. We ain't fighting the mother kind of battles no more. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And that's where the enemy has blinded the body of Christ. Not understanding and realizing we are fighting a spiritual battle. Amen.